Hello. How's your summer going? It's going pretty well. My tomatoes are starting to nudge along, mm-hmm. the little baby ones. The um, heirloom ones are taking a little bit longer this year. My pineapples. Pineapple tomatoes? Yes. I told you about that last year. Don't you remember? <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't keep a written record of your <gasps> How tomatoes. How you not remember <laughs> my pineapple She's tomatoes? stricken. Stricken. They're part yellow and part red. That I remember, but I don't remember them being pineapple. You said that last year, too. Did I? (laughs) Oh. Uh, So I have a little thing. A little while ago, I was reading, um, I started using the search engine DuckDuckGo a while ago. And there was actually a profile of the founder of DuckDuckGo um, a while ago in uh, New Scientist. And uh, quack, 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 quack. The thing that distinguishes DuckDuckGo is two things. They try and give you a lot of kind of quick, instant answers to your questions. So typically a Wikipedia entry will crop up very close to the top of your search results and also that they made this commitment that they're not storing user search data. So you do search and they don't send that data to third-party uh, sites that you go to after you complete your search. Right. So the, the interview was just kind of talking to the guy who designed it about why he decided to go that route and he kind of ended up doing it a little bit by accident but he basically said that it seems clear that once you are storing user data, you're going to be under pressure to give it up. Yes. Um, So he made that decision kind of right from the beginning that he was not going to um, collect the data. And the other interesting thing about the source was that the article asked him to compare his traffic from uh, before and after the revelations about the national security um, outfit in the U.S. monitoring people. And he said that, they were almost at 2 million queries a day before the NSA story and then 3 million after. So wow. there were a lot of big jump in traffic. So, I mean, I think DuckDuckGo is kind of neat, but the, uh, the reason that I was intrigued by it is I started to wonder whether, because I think a lot of people were pretty shocked by the NSA revelations and also by the revelations here in Canada that uh, metadata was being gathered. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And I wondered whether maybe we might be getting close to some kind of a tipping point where people are now, actually, after not really caring about their data, starting to think, I'm getting a bit freaked out about this. And it did make me wonder whether maybe just from a business point of view, whether there's actually a market opportunity in doing things like this that um, ensure people's data security? Well, what appealed to me was is that I've always been extremely nervous about cloud. And I thought if you had something like this, like if you were able to use, to write your book or write whatever within, if it would work like that, would it conceivably, like if you were using that as your search engine, mm-hmm. would it be possible to write it, like to go into a word, like go into your search engine, go into your, you know, duck, duck, go, and then go to your word and then start working? Would you, would you be able, does that make any sense? Or I just thought that maybe mm-hmm. that would make you se- secure. It would only search things that would be indexed on the internet, right? So I don't think there would be a way to do that with something like this. There is an interesting question for your data security. If you could have something like the equivalent of sort of Swiss bank accounts that are... Yeah. I don't know. Does anybody out there have any idea if there's any way that you could do something like that? Hmm. Then this is really just a kind of sniffer thing. It's just a gut reaction that I I actually feel like the tide is starting to turn. Because there's all this talk about data lockers and things like that. 
you know, secured and stuff. And I wondered, so like... I could do that with my writing that way. But my question would be, like, would you be willing to pay a modest fee, for instance? This is ad-based, DuckDuckGo, but would you be willing to pay a modest fee for secure data that makes sure that you're not being tracked, that your searches aren't being tracked, that your behavior online is not being tracked, that your phone calls are not being tracked, that kind of thing? How could you ever be sure? Yeah. But I do think at some point you have to pay for everything. You know, this yeah. idea that you don't is ridiculous because you're paying for it somehow. Yeah. I have a couple of fun. Mm-hmm. Summer stories. Mm-hmm. Okay. I well, could use this first one. Okay. Yes, you can. This is exactly- Both of them, actually. Yeah, although the second one really is more for me, dear. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, okay, the first one is called the Pinto Feed. And I've noticed this. This is just a little sidebar. A lot of the stories now that are being reported on the internet are actually Kickstarter things that Mm -hmm. haven't completely made it to market yet. And you just notice a little blurb at the bottom. Be interesting to do follow-up stories with these things six months to see, like, did they ship? What was the reaction to what they shipped? Because you can. It says, yeah, you know, order now and be first in line for when the Pinto feed, you know, will be, you know, (laughs) arrives at your front door and your cat is really happy to see it arrive. (laughs) So Pinto feed. Pinto feed is basically it means that you do not have to worry about your poor Lola starving to death. (laughs) No worry about that. Well, you can also control her feed. Okay. That's another thing. So thanks to the internet, did you know you could play with her remotely? Really? Yeah, you could play that little light game, that little light game. The laser game. light game? Yeah. Yes. But this one, basically, you, you've got your phone, you go, Lola, it is time for lunch. Mm-hmm. The food rolls out into the bowl, lifts up the lid, or lifts up the, the bar, and Lola dives in. <laughs> it's happy time for Lola. And it does it whenever you care to. The thing that intrigued me about this partly was uh, that it also has all this data because, you know, it's <laughs> data driven now, right? Like, but I was thinking like, holy over-engineered. It does give you all these like metrics on your cat, like the time that your cat or I guess dog was eating and all yeah. this other kind of stuff. Because as the, as the article about it points out, there have been these timed feeders for a long time, but it does allow you to kind of do things like control the amount and vary the time. Like if you suddenly decide, oh, you want to feed your cat at five instead of six or whatever. But yeah, like, of course, everything that we have, now that everything is smart, right? Like everything has all these stats. It's like, what the hell kind of stats am I going to get from Lola? And like, she wandered over to the thing and she ate and then she walked away. Yo, this is using a sophisticated set of sensors and artificial intelligence. (laughs) This is all about Lola. You know, you can look at the, that's your camera and her like, (laughs) This extension of cats ruling the internet, right? It's like all of this whole collective human ingenuity around uh, the internet of things and stuff is all in the service of cats getting fed when they want to be fed. It it not only is plugged in, it's got two motors, extra motors for built-in, and as along with AC battery backup. And it can can even vibrate to unjam itself. So anyway, I thought that was a kick. I have to say it, it made me, I did definitely thought that in spite of thinking it was over-engineered, I thought that would be a great gift for a pet owner. Like I would love to have that. Oh, yeah. Actually. Yeah. And this is for me. Yes. And for you too. 
the chills know. Now, anybody <laughs> who knows me knows I love my beer. Mm-hmm. So, with the Chilsner, what you got is you get this stainless steel spike. It's about the length of a bottle of beer. Toss it in your freezer for about 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then carefully, well, I would imagine you wouldn't use a, a, a hammer. Right. But you, you force it down into the bottle. And then almost instantly, it chills the lager. Ooh, la, la. I, my it's immediate, cold. Yes, my immediate reaction to this was, well... Whoever designed this just doesn't know how to drink their beer fast enough. But I think it is good. It, like, it confused me at first. Like, you're putting a spike in your bottle of beer, and then how do you drink around it? But apparently there are, like, these sort of valves or something. Yeah, like yeah, You yeah. basically drink it while the thing is in it, and while it keeps your beer cold. Yeah. Practical. No. Very practical. <laughs> but, yeah, but they've had a lot of different products. They had one called the Corksicle, which I, I quite like. Which was like. the same and idea the, for one. Chill Puck. It sounds very Canadian, doesn't it? Chillsner. Chill puck? <laughs> well, the but puck sure does, the, yeah. Yeah, but they come from the States. And anyway, I don't know if I said that before, but you get two for uh, $99.95 with shipping. You, you have to really them. want to have your cold beer. Oh, yeah, but that's, I'd love to get one for my brother. He yeah. would get such a kick out of that. Really, yeah. Oh, yeah, especially if I could get him a Maple Leafs puck, if I could get him a puck one like right. that. Right. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Yeah. So anyway, you can enjoy your Chilsner while you feed toys. your cat remotely. You could set up the uh, Chilsner for me on the remote. So it sort of <laughs> rolled out of the fridge. <laughs> Come to the blog. For links to these stories and more. Thesniffer.net. Tell us if you would use a Chilsner. Chilsner. A Chilsner. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye.